0: He felt the odor of rotting flesh enter his lungs and seep into his bloodstream. He opened his mouth and let it rest upon his tongue like a sacrament. Poppy Z. Bright, exquisite corpse. to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today I am joined by Quincy to tackle some extreme horror. So welcome to the show, Quincy.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: I was so excited that you picked this because this is something I've wanted to do an episode on. It's not a genre I feel like super comfortable not necessarily in but I don't feel like I'm necessarily an expert (laughs) in it or like any kind of a genre buff to talk about it with any like authority so I wanted to have someone who's a fan so I'm glad you picked this right
1: well no I'm really glad that you were really on board with the idea because I do believe extreme horror for the most part is kind of frowned upon um, I love it. It's like one of my favorite subgenres of horror. Um, but yeah, lo- not a lot of people talk about it, and I thought books in the freezer perfect platform to really dive into it. Um, so you're really making my dreams come true here.
0: <laughs> it's true, and it's um, I think it's just extreme horror is just so the opposite of what like a lot of people like in horror kind of the like spooky like maybe you saw something maybe you didn't fade to black it's like no we're gonna show you everything (laughs) in painstaking detail
1: right and like they don't allude to anything they're like yep here it is right in your face you know
0: (laughs) so what do you think like makes extreme horror how would you
1: describe it well, personally, I do think extreme horror is a lot of the times very graphic, very gory, probably a lot of sexual content, um, extremely violence, of course. Um, my keyword is no limit. So everything is on the table. Um, and then hypertensive, like horror content. So that's what I would describe it as. Um, definitely not for the faint of heart yes. it takes a special kind of stomach to handle a lot of this splatter punky extremey type of content so
0: yes i mean definitely so we'll talk about it later but i have my like hard line <laughs> right now and i didn't yes. have to do yes. books cuz i was like you know what this is just my heart no and they just hit my heart no but right. speaking of like splatter punk what is like, what do you think the relationship is between Splatterpunk and Extreme? Like, are they interchangeable? Or do you think, like, one is under the umbrella of the other one? I feel like this is something I should know, but I don't.
1: Right. And I am in. I am no expert by any means, but I am a fan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would have to say Splatterpunk typically is a little more, in my eyes, can be kind of cheesy in a way sometimes. Especially when it comes to like splatterpunk type movies and extreme horror, typically maybe there's a rhyme or reason for the type of violence that is being portrayed. You know, where like so splatterpunk, someone is getting their leg leg chopped off just because just because. Why not? Where in extreme horror, there's like a reason for it maybe. You know, just throwing kind of an idea out there. Um, but I do think. In some cases, they are one of the same. Other times, they're kind of like their own subgenre of horror. But I think there is a very blurred line when it comes between the two.
0: I can see that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think in my mind, I have extreme as kind of just hyper-violent. Like, I don't know if Tarantino-esque is the right word, but that kind of like ultra, <laughs> like ultra-violence. is like the splatter yes, punk aesthetic.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah i agree uh so
0: as a fan what is the appeal
1: so so as a kid i was never like into horror to be completely honest and it wasn't until i was in like maybe high school i really started getting into it um i've consumed so much horror in my life at this point that i'm very much desensitized (laughs) So I need that next thing to like really scare me. Um, And like with that being said, I'm all about like psychological horror, like slashers, like you name it, I'm all about it, like anything, but nothing scares me anymore. And a lot of extreme horror doesn't necessarily scare me, but does definitely give me that shock value where I need to like put the book down and really question my reading tastes sometimes. But yeah, the appeal is I just need, I'm always constantly looking for that next thing that's going to either shock me, scare me, like I need something, you know, and so far, extreme horror is kind of like what's giving it to me right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, the stuff I read is definitely pushing the limits, (laughs) pushing the boundaries. Yes,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) So you don't have any like, this is a hard no, you're open to everything in extreme horror
1: honestly and I hope no one like no judgments here but I really don't have any limits I will read anything watch anything and so far there hasn't been anything that I had to like DNF it or stop the movie like I've been pretty consistent on just finishing it um I mean there are times where I need to like take a break and like whoa like calm it down reel it back in then continue but, yeah no no limits here
0: right do you think it's easier to read it or watch it
1: definitely read it for me because my mind I've only had so many experiences in my life where my mind is going to like create that hard line for me where in a movie you have like a director and writers and actors to like bring you past that line you know Mm -hmm. so I definitely think reading it is easier and watching it is harder
0: I think so too. I feel like my mind can self edit and be like, we're not going to, we're not going to imagine that. Yes. We're just going to like, <laughs> those are just words on a page yeah. right now. Yeah.
1: I co- <laughs> yeah, Like a grotesque scene in your head can only go so far in your head where on screen it's like, you're left to the devices of <laughs> the film crew.
0: <laughs> so speaking of like, so speaking of watching, what films do you think mm-hmm. fall into this category?
1: um my favorite of all time and by all time i mean since 2019 is a uh, haunt i don't know if you've seen that before
0: i love that movie where
1: a, yes yes where a group of kids um decide to do an extreme haunt and shit goes awry essentially um i love that movie it was so well done and like Even though I would consider it extreme, I think really anyone can kind of watch it because it's just a lot of fun. I actually watched it um, during the Halloween season when it came out, and oh my God, Chef's Kiss, it was the greatest experience. Um, But another movie I would probably put in this genre is all the Saw movies. Mm -hmm. Very grotesque, very bloody, it goes there. Um, Evil Dead, the 2013 one, is a personal favorite of mine. And I kind of have to mention this movie, um, Human Centipede. Okay, Let's just talk about that real quick. Like, <laughs> it like, had to be said. I mean, had I'm had not to gonna. L- yes, I've seen all three. I watched them till the end. I'm. Pro- <laughs> I'm not gonna say if I enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it, but I was like, okay, I could cross that off my list. I don't ever have to really do it again. <laughs> Um, I think those movies are just for shock value, really.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like so, in my personal opinion. But I do think that those those movies are definitely the epitome of extreme horror. Yeah. Yeah. Like agree. even the covers, you're like, let me not even look at the cover. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, oh. that's when I. I don't know that I'll ever watch I've listened to a podcast break it down so I feel like I had someone walk me through the plot and I know what happens and I can participate Mm -hmm. in the conversation a little bit from far
1: away (laughs) yeah yeah and you know what girl that's probably all that you need (laughs)
0: that's that was the decision I made I'm like you know what I don't know that I'm gonna do that to my eyeballs but I will just like know what happens yeah it's the equivalent of like reading the wikipedia thought summary because you can't handle it
1: (laughs) yes very (laughs) very much so as long as you heard it somewhere read it somewhere you got the gist and you're like yeah i think i'm good on that
0: (laughs) all right are we ready to talk about some books
1: oh definitely
0: this episode is brought to you by libro fm Libro FM is the first and only company which lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore. You can pick from more than 150,000 audiobooks, including bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers. You'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a different story, one that supports community. If you're new to audiobooks, they're the perfect way to get more books into your busy life. Listen during your commute, while doing chores, walking the dog, or just relaxing at home. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app. If you already love audiobooks and don't know what to listen to next, check out recommendations and curated lists from people who know audiobooks best. Booksellers. I mean, and us. We also have a playlist on there full of books that have been recommended on this podcast. Books in the Freezer special offer, you get two audiobooks for the price of one, just $14.99, with your first month of membership using code FREEZERBOOK. This offer is valid for new members in Canada and the United States. Thank you, Libro FM, for supporting the show. Okay, so I think I'm going to bring up that I DNF'd two books, because as we were talking about, this is a tough subject matter. <laughs> So, And yes. I think with extreme horror, my DNFs could actually be a recommendation just because I couldn't handle them or they crossed a line for me <laughs> does not mean that other people will not enjoy them. Uh, so the first one that I DNFed was WOM, uh, W-O-O-M, by Duncan Ralston. This one... Was definitely something. (laughs) It takes place like in a (laughs) motel room and there's like a guy with a prostitute and he's like talking to her and also there's stuff happening. And then he's like telling her these like extreme stories. I only got like halfway through because one of them just crossed like my hard no line, (laughs) but it was very good. And I've read other stuff by Duncan Ralston. So like I enjoy him as an author. This particularly just was not for me at this moment in my life. And I've heard other people like this.
1: Right. Um, I actually was looking at the reviews and just for funsies, but um, no, I do think it's cool that you can like extreme horror, but definitely respect like your hard limits and putting something down, but you're still open to the idea of like picking like a different like novel up that's still extreme you know so yeah kudos to you girl? <laughs> Thank
0: you. The other one I picked up is a book that I feel like everyone on book Twitter has been talking about and that is Dead Inside by Chandler Morrison and that follows a like night security guard who essentially is a necrophiliac. <laughs> a lot of that yep uh that's not my heart yeah there's another element that is introduced that i was just like no thanks this is where i stop yeah (laughs) it was very similar to the other (laughs) heart no they were both very similar like similar lines were crossed (laughs) i was like no thank you but everyone uh online that has read it and is you know a fan of this genre has loved it so those can be two half recommendations from me that i a horror podcaster could not handle them so that is womb by duncan (laughs) ralston and dead inside by chandler morrison i did read the other books that i gotta mention don't worry
1: perfect (laughs) so my first pick is saint sadist by lucas mangum trigger warning for uh abuse to a child rape um a lot of sex um, and a lot of manipulation here. Um, essentially, this is about a 19-year-old girl named Courtney. Uh, she she is pregnant with her father's child. Just saying, putting that out there. Um, to escape the abuse, she does run away and eventually gets into a car accident. Uh, an environment environmentalist doomsday cult is what saves her, and the leader of the cult is a... St. Ambrose. He's a charismatic preacher that used to be an environmentalist scientist. He gave up everything after, quote-unquote, seeing the face of God. After he rescues Courtney, he does end up manipulating her. Um, He's very taken by her beauty, but also how vulnerable she is as being a victim of rape, but also being so young. As the story progresses, it does get very violent and I, had, I did have to put it down a couple times, but overall, it was an enjoyable read in the regards that Courtney is kind of a badass. I'm not going to spoil as to why, but um, I do love a very strong woman protagonist that is able to kick some ass. <laughs> um, and she eventually catches wind of a lot of the bad things that Ambrose is doing in the cult, so... Um, But yeah, I would probably rate this, the only real thing I liked about this book is Courtney as a character, otherwise everything else kind of a little bit fell flat flat for me. Um, I would probably rate this kind of in a room temperature when it comes to extreme. Just keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that is Saint Satis by Lucas Mangum.
0: All right. Uh... My next book is The Fetishists by A.S. Coomer. I have it here, so I'll just read the synopsis in the back. Jefferson Wellman is a lawyer and has everything, money. He also has a particular taste when it comes to pleasure, and what Jefferson doesn't have, he can purchase. His friend, Richard, visits him at the office one day with a contract and an invitation for a fetish auction by a new company, Bad Pain Entertainment, guarantees to have what jefferson is looking for a quote pony girl but when jefferson shows up for the auction located in a remote wooded area things don't go exactly as planned richard never arrives bad pains personnel are a little peculiar jefferson wakes up missing a few fingers and the rest of the attendees are dead jefferson believes he has knowledge to keep his reputation from being ruined But what he doesn't know is that he is now the focus of a new kind of fetish. So this one is a ton of fun and it's very fast paced because it's got this dual timeline thing where you're reading kind of him waking up and finding all of this carnage. And then the events kind of leading him to the auction and they're very short chapters and it's very much like I think I read this in a day like you just can't put it down. Um. I will say, as you can imagine, it is very violent. <laughs> there is uh, a lot of stuff going on. Surprisingly, the the first fetish, like the pony girl, wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Like, it was not what I thought it was going to be.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Still just a, an interesting situation. <laughs> as you can imagine, yes. a lot of uh, <laughs> sexual content And it's just very dark and very well written. I like really enjoyed this. I think if you are curious about extreme horror, I think this might be a good place to start because it's very fast paced and very like plot focused. And I don't know if it helps that you hate Jefferson because he's like a bad person, but like kind of a (laughs) little bit, it's not like, (laughs) so I don't know if that makes me a bad person. I'm like, it's an easier pill to swallow when it's someone that's just (laughs) awful.
1: Yeah, um, I actually read this too. And I totally agree with you 100%. This was a very fast paced book. You're kind of stuck right at the beginning of the book. Um, I couldn't put it down either. Um, yeah, Jefferson is kind of an asshole. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But like, honestly, with everything that goes on in that book, it's very satisfying. And like, in regards to like, what happens to him. So
0: I agree I would put this in the freezer it is nightmare fuel and this is the first time that I remember reading a book that had visuals that made my stomach churn like that made me like feel physically yes. sick <laughs> I was like Ugh, yes. I didn't even know words on a page could do this to me because I think I read this a few years ago I know I was like,
1: it's very visceral um I actually read this um in like the peak of covid um, and I was actually at work <laughs> when I was reading this because I had a lot of downtime. Oh my god! Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't put it down. So.
0: <laughs> so that is the Fetishists by A. S. Coomer, and you can find that at Grindhouse.
1: Um, yeah, a lot of these books. Um, well, the two of the three that I'm talking about, I actually got them from the Grindhouse website. Um, I think that's actually like a good place to peruse if you're interested in extreme horror. Um, That's where I get a lot of my extreme books. So Uh, for my second pick, I am choosing Ritualistic Human Sacrifice by C.V. Hunt. This is literally the back of the book. Um, Nick Graves is a miserable man. Uh, Each day he comes home from his dream job to a stale marriage. On the day he finally summons the courage to tell his wife, Eve, he wants a divorce. She has exciting news for him. She's pregnant. Nick is a spiteful man. He purchases his dream home in the ideal location far away from family, friends, and co-workers. In a life-changing decision he's chosen to make without Eve's knowledge. Nick is a terrified man. He quickly realizes the residents of his new hometown are a bit eccentric. After a trip to a local doctor's office, Eve begins to behave strangely. And once Nick finds out what's really going on, he's never able to look at Eve the same way again. I loved this book. Um, It was such a good time. Um, Trigger warnings, of course, for um, rape, lots of blood. Um, There is like a heavy amount of sex in here, but Nick Graves is definitely a character you hate from the beginning and i believe cv hunt that's her intended purpose um i will say there are a lot of parts of this book that are satisfying um but yeah overall this was a good time i would probably put this in the fridge there were some moments where i was I just had to look away and really ponder like, okay, what did I just read? What is going on? And I would reread a lot of the grotesque scenes just to make sure I was like, well, did she go there? Um, yeah, it was a good time. And little tidbit, I actually recommended this to my mom because she is definitely (laughs) one of those readers that can like go there with me. Um, she read it in a day and she was like, dude, what did you just give me? And I'm like, I know, (laughs) but, um, Yeah, no, I totally recommend it. So that is uh, Ritualistic Human Sacrifice by C.V. Hunt.
0: That is awesome. I do not have that relationship with my mom. but (laughs) Yeah,
1: I think a lot of people typically don't, and that's okay. (laughs)
0: That's awesome, though. Did she end up enjoying it?
1: She enjoyed it to an extent. I mean, she definitely finished it, and she... My mom is definitely that person that can watch anything from like a lifetime Christmas movie to reading C.V. Hunt. Like her taste, that's where I get my taste, very across the board. Um, but yeah, she enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it more than her, definitely, but um, she was not shying away from it. So nice. Uh, so the
0: yeah. last book I picked is The Summer I Died by Ryan C. Thomas. The synopsis for this is, when Roger Huntington comes home from college for the summer and is met by his best friend, Tooth, he knows they're going to have a good time. A summer full of beer, comic books, movies, laughs, and maybe even girls. The sun is high and the sky is clear as Roger and Tooth set out to shoot beer cans at Bobcat Mountain. Just two friends catching up on lost time, two friends thinking about their future, two friends, so much blood suddenly thrust in the middle of a nightmare, forced to fight for their life against a sadistic killer, a killer with an arsenal of razor-sharp blades and a hungry dog by his side. So much death. If they are to survive, they must decide are they heroes born or are they made? Or is there something more powerful happening to them? And more importantly, how do you survive when all roads lead to death? So, yeah. So this book is interesting because it's I mean, I would definitely categorize it as like torture porn side of it. Uh, yeah. And what this book does that I thought was interesting is that the first half is very classic coming of age type story. Like, it's this guy, he comes home from college, he's hanging out with his friend in his hometown, and they're catching up. And that is, like, the first third of this book. Like, they are just catching up, and you are really getting invested in them and their lives and their relationship and their hopes and dreams and everything they have and their relationship to their family (laughs) before they find themselves basically uh, kidnapped by, like, this crazy maniac in the middle of the woods, and they are stuck in this cabin with this person who is torturing them and has... As was said, uh, an arsenal full of weapons and a, a hungry dog. Um, trigger warnings, I mean, uh, <laughs> a lot of murder. There is rape, but it's not, like, on the page, like, it's more like they hear it happening.
1: Alluded to. It's alluded to. It's yeah. in, like,
0: the other room, but it, it happens. Uh, there is a dog <laughs> that dies. Um. There's a, a lot of murder, a lot of death, a lot of torture, a lot of dismemberment. <laughs> um,
1: oh, yes, sign me up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's just funny because this is very much like a mashup of like, this is like boy's life meets Saul. <laughs> like it's very like meshing of the <laughs> two together. And it was funny because I um, was reading the introduction where the author's talking about different editions and I think this was originally published which I thought was crazy with like a a Christian publisher and they were fine with everything but they took out a lot of blasphemous stuff and that's kind of a big part of the book is that you're in Roger's POV and a lot of it is him saying like how could a god let this happen like how is there a god that is like letting me live through this right now And that's kind of a major theme of the book. So I'm just like very interested how that happened (laughs) or like how that, what that version looks like compared to the one I read. Also interested that that, that was their hard line was like, that's fine. You can rip someone's like face (coughs) off, but you can't (laughs) question God right now.
1: Right. You know what? I'm going to add that to my TBR right as we speak because <laughs> <laughs> the toy sounds right on my alley.
0: So, I would I would put that in the freezer. That there is a a lot of stuff that happens that is just like oh wow. Like if this was a movie, I don't know that I could handle it. <laughs> the type of stuff that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that is The Summer I Died by Ryan C. Thomas. And there's more. I think it's like a series or a trilogy.
1: All right. <clears throat> Let me get cozy for this one. Okay. <clears throat> so for my third and final pick is Exquisite Corpse by Poppy Z. Bright. Um, This is definitely on my top five favorite books of all time. Um, I... Before I start with the intro, um, I did read the physical book and listen to the audiobook at the same time. And it was a very exquisite, no pun intended, experience. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Um, yeah, so Exquisite Corpse by Poppy Z. Bright. Um, so to Serial Slayer Andrew Compton, murder is an art, the most intimate art. After faking his own death to escape prison, Compton makes his way to the United States with the sole ambition to bring his art to new heights. Tortured by his own perverse desires and drawn to possess and destroy young boys, Compton inadvertently joins forces with Jay Byrne, a dissolute playboy who has pushed his art to limits even Compton hadn't previously imagined. Together, Compton and Burns set their sights on an exquisite young Vietnamese-American runaway, Tran, whom they deemed to be the perfect victim. Swiftly moving from the Grammy streets of London's Piccadilly Circus to the decadence of the New Orleans French Quarter, and punctured by rants from radio talk show host Lush Rimbaud, a.k.a. Luke Ransom, trans ex-lover, who is dying of AIDS, and who intends to wreak ultimate havoc before leaving this world. Exquisite corpse unfolds into a labyrinth of murder and love. Ultimately, all four characters converge on a singular bloody night after which their lives will be forever changed. I like to describe this book and reading experience like eating a rotten peach. It is very juicy and decadent, yet filled with decay. When I mentioned I did read the audiobook as well, um, the, the narrator does have a British accent, and it is so seductive, and it really transports you to these characters' psyche. Trigger warning for rape, um cannibalism, body dismemberment, you name it, it's in there um poppy z bright does a really good job at writing in a way where you're almost attracted to what is going on and it's like a little scary that's like the scary part of all this (laughs) um i know this is definitely extreme horror but this could also qualify as queer horror um, because all the characters are queer um so good representation there um, again, this is probably one of my favorite books of all time, hands down. And this is definitely something I'll be rereading in the future. Again, I cannot stress this enough. Please listen to the audiobook, <laughs> it really takes you there. Um, so that is Exquisite Corpse by Poppy Z. Bright.
0: Wow. Um... This has been recommended to me a lot. And I think uh, you picked the opening quote for the episode and it is so lyrical and beautiful. And I think it juxtaposes so well with the extreme violence, like the, the nature of it, like the beautiful words with like the ugly visuals.
1: Yes. Yes. And I don't know. It's like, it's very beautiful. And like, that's what makes you not want to put it down. Mm -hmm. you know but then like what you're reading is like you're clutching your pearls and you're gasping you know (laughs) stephanie i will mail you my copy just so you can read this (laughs) like i'm not even (laughs)
0: Um, it's a must read Yeah, because i know poppy z bright is trans but it looks like they still professionally go by poppy z bright
1: yeah i was talking to a friend and i'm like should we mention their preferred pronouns? What do they professionally go by? What do they prefer to go by personally? But I just Googled it. Poppy Seabright is what shows up for all the books. So I'm like, okay, I'll just go by that. So
0: Yeah, and I what Wikipedia says, like, you know, Billy Martin is known professionally as Poppy Seabright. All right. Are we ready to do some chilling obsessions? Yes. Yes what have you been enjoying
1: so okay so i was really struggling with this because i thought well i want to pick a movie or a tv show or something that's not necessarily a book and i couldn't think of anything as far as like horror i recently read this book Um, it is not horror it is considered psychological fiction this was probably my top book of 2020 and I just have to gush about it. So I do apologize. (laughs) Um, But that is my dark Vanessa by Kate Elizabeth Russell. Um, This is actually her debut novel. There is a blurb from Stephen King and Gillian Flynn, just putting it out there. Um, But essentially, yeah. Um, Essentially. So this is about Vanessa. Why? um, This is a then and now timeline. Um, The then timeline is her when she is 15 and pretty much it just follows her and how she develops a romantic and sexual relationship with her 42 year old teacher at a boarding school. Um, So trigger warnings for that. (laughs) Um, And then the now timeline is her when she's 32 when that teacher is being accused now again of sexually assaulting other girls at the same boarding school so vanessa is really trying to deal with was i romantically in love with him did we have something special or was this grooming was it rape what was it and i finished this literally in two days it was a very unique experience yeah as a character vanessa's very complex Sometimes you hate her. Sometimes you sympathize with her. And I loved that part of the book. I think that's what made me not want to put it down. Um, Jacob Strain is the teacher. There are a lot of times where you cannot stand him. You're disgusted with him. Um, But I was actually reading an interview with the author, and she did try to humanize Jacob. Um, Not because she wanted to humanize him just for the sake of humanizing him, but she wanted to really show the reader what was attractive through Vanessa's eyes because this is all told through Vanessa's eyes some of the best parts of the book are with Vanessa and her therapist when she's an adult because she really has some breakthroughs I'm not saying as a person or a human being that I've been through what she's been through there are a lot of things as a character that I relate to her with um but this book was almost therapeutic so just pointed it out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is My Dark Vanessa by uh, Kate Elizabeth Russell.
0: This is another one that's on my TBR that I have to read. <laughs> it sounds so good. Girl.
1: It's very good. And the cover is stunning. Very beautiful. Just that black and white cover.
0: I was going to ask if it was the black and white.
1: Yes. Yes. There is another cover where it's like she does have red hair and the cover's like a locks of red hair, but um, again, Stephanie, this is another one I will expedite to you because <laughs> you, can, you can't you can go into 2021 not giving yourself this reading experience.
0: So I haven't been watching a ton of horror because I feel like I have two kids like at home all day, so it's a little tough to find pockets of time to do that. But on Shudder, I have been, mm. while my son is at school for the few hours, I watched a couple episodes <laughs> of the new season of Eli Roth's history of horror.
1: Yeah. How was it?
0: I really liked it. Um, they did an episode on body horror, which I really liked.
1: Oh yes.
0: Yeah. Um, I suppose I did get under the skin ruined for me, like the Scarlett Johansson movie. So if you haven't seen that and you don't yeah. want the giant plot twist ruined for you, like I was, don't watch that. <laughs> or like watch it and read Thanks it for the heads before up. you go. I just mean that's a very like plot twist heavy movie. And they're like, anyway, when it's revealed that blah blah blah. I'm like, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what? Thanks for the heads off. <laughs> that was on my
0: list. Now I'm now I know what it is.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs>
0: It was just really funny. There was also like a weird crossover because I used to listen to this other podcast called Cool Playlist with Eliza Skinner where she had people on and they would make yeah. playlists for very specific times in your life. And she had someone on that mm-hmm. liked horror and they did like a slasher playlist like you are the killer. Yeah. But they talked about um, society and she was actually one of the talking heads when they talked about society. So I thought that was just so funny. I'm like, Eliza Skinner. I know she's like a TV writer, but it was just like <laughs> very funny. I'm like, yeah. I don't know you from horror things. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm only a few episodes into that, but it's, you know, it's always good. They have the, all the experts on, they have Stephen King, they have Tanana Du, they have, you know, all the people. All
1: I'm the powerhouses. Yeah. All the big
0: powerhouses, all the big names. Talking about all the fakes. Um, So that's on (laughs) Shutter, the history of horror. And... Perfect. The new book's in the freezer tradition. Quincy, what is your final girl song? Uh,
1: Okay, so for my final girl song of choice, I am picking Tear You Apart by She Wants Revenge. This song is just so dark, gritty, a little bit of sexy, and just overall a real good time. Um, I definitely picture um, a young woman standing over the body of her killer and just really basking in the moment and taking it in and just badass, you know? So I yeah. will add that to the
0: <laughs> playlist. All right. Well, yes. thank you so much for joining me for this. I know this is an episode people have asked for, so I'm glad to have someone who loves the genre on here to talk about it with me.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know what? Thank you for having me. This was definitely like a dream come true. Um, I could not be more appreciative. So thank you. Thank you.
0: And where can people find you
1: online? Uh, Yeah. uh, My Instagram is Quincy QuincyQBear. Just Q-U-I-N-C-Y-Q-B-E-A-R. I post some fun stuff sometimes. So go check me out.
0: All right. Will do. Again, thank you so much for coming on and doing this with me. Thank you. Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Books in the Freezer. So check that out to get the latest updates and check out our reading challenge for this year using hashtag BITFchallenge2021. And the podcast is on Patreon at patreon.com slash books in the freezer. There's a $1, 3 and a $5 level with all kinds of perks like early episodes, sneak peeks, bonus episodes, movie nights, group chats, all kinds of good stuff. So check that out if you are interested. And another fun way to support the podcast is to use the Amazon affiliate link. So, coolest thing bought using the link recently was this 32-piece set of Barbie clothes. Like, it's a lot of dresses and high heels, and that seems really fun. I don't know if it's surprising, but I was actually really into Barbies as a little girl. They didn't have the same haunted and possibly scary look as, like, porcelain dolls. You know, they seemed a little too corporate to be sinister in any way. So I really liked Barbies and dressing them up. So I would have loved to get this a 32 piece set of clothes. It seems a ton of fun. So thank you all of you that use that. It's a really big help to the podcast. But you don't have to spend any money to support the podcast. You can post about us on social media And you can leave a review on a podcast site like Apple Podcast. stuff like that really helps. It helps the podcast gain visibility and rank and help other people discover us and listen to us. So thank you to all of you who have taken the time to do that. I really appreciate it. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N or on Instagram at that's what she read. And that's that's with two A's. So thank you so much for listening and see you next time on Books in the Freezer.